Hello, wonderful people. It's been a while, but we are back. My name is Felicia Goings, and I want to welcome you to WordCast, where I show you how to make what's true in the word true in your life. And the word I'm talking about is the Bible, the word of God. So make no mistake, regardless of how you feel or what you think sometimes, when you listen to these episodes, you'll be feeling better, thinking better, and living the truth of God's word. All right, let's jump in. Our word focus for this episode is something that feels so good, but is so underrated, and that is relief. I don't think enough people realize how powerful the feeling of relief actually is. Relief from pain, relief from a long battle with your health, relief from pressure, relief from a relationship that's literally affecting your physical or mental health, relief from insomnia, relief from anxiety, relief from being too busy or any type of suffering or distress. Relief is a powerful emotion, and I want to show you how to activate it in your life and start changing your circumstances. But a lot of people have been taught by religious traditions not to even value their feelings or to ignore your emotions and just focus on your spirit. But that is not biblical. Satan didn't make emotions. God did. In my DJ Cali voice, God did. <laughs> And the feeling of relief that comes after you've been distressed, broken, fighting for your life, fighting for your family, your money, your health, whatever it is, that feeling of relief from suffering is a creation of the Most High God. And he wants you, yes, you listening right now, he wants you to have it in that area that's been bugging you and plaguing your mind. Somebody may be thinking, but Felicia, the Bible say God won't put more on you than you can bear. So you got to be strong in suffering and learn from it. Stop trying to get out of everything. Y'all, sometimes when people say the Bible says something, they can't actually tell you where it says that in the Bible. And the reason being is because they're not quoting what the Bible actually says. A lot of times they're quoting what they heard somebody say the Bible says. These aren't bad people. Many of them are just misinformed and operate out of religious traditions because they listen to the words of man over the word of God. And in order to make what's true in the word true in your life, you got to know what the word actually says about a thing. Now, before we get into how to activate relief in the areas of your life where you need it, we're going to dismantle a long held but wrong understanding of God's hand in human suffering. You got to get this because you may be going through something thinking it's God's way of teaching you a lesson when it might not be God at all. You may be accepting a circumstance because of a situation that happened previously and you're like, hey, this is my lot. That may not be the case at all. You are a person of value. You are highly worthy of living a life where you can experience joy and relief in every area. How do I know that you are that worthy? Look at what God already gave up for you. Jesus put his life on the line for you to be able to have a personal relationship with God instead of being separated by sin. You're worthy. You're valuable. While you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you, made you whole, made you new again. So make no mistake, there is value in you. God sees the worth and value of who you are right now. 
So I want you to listen closely to the rest of this episode. Also, hit that like button if you hear anything that resonates with you and share this episode with someone that you love. All right, now let's dive in. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, a part of my purpose with doing WordCast is to help you make what's true in the Bible true in your life. So let's look at our anchor scripture from the Word. It's Psalms chapter 4, verse number 1. I'm going to read it to you, but I also encourage you to put your own eyes on it at some point and imagine what it would look like for this one scripture to be totally true in every area of your life like it's already true in the Bible. Now, I'm going to read it in the ESV version of Psalms chapter 4, verse number 1. It says, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. This scripture doesn't say God caused distress. No. And this is David talking. King David says he was in distress and God's response to him being in distress was to give him relief. Now, God is the same yesterday, today and forever. If he was giving relief in response to distress in the past, he's giving relief in response to distress today. Notice that David's response to his distress wasn't to stay in it and get a reward for how much he was willing to suffer for the Lord. No, he called on God in prayer to get out of his distress. Psalms chapter four, verse one. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. David is calling on God for something new, but at the same time, remembering that the last time he was in distress, God came through for him and gave him relief. That's why he's saying, answer me like you did last time. Last time I was in distress, you gave me relief. But this is so different from how a lot of people are responding to the things going on in their life today. Some people are so convinced that what they are going through is from God or that they deserve it. They are treating it as a badge of honor when really it's just unnecessary suffering that God doesn't want his children to be constantly living in. That's why our word focus for this episode is relief. I want you to make what's true in Psalms 4 and 1 true in the areas of your life that are not in a state of rest, wholeness, fulfillment, or relief. If you are suffering from anything or in any situation today, no matter how long it's been, you can switch your focus from the suffering aspect of it to getting relief from God. So many people are sick, broke, going through a difficult divorce or having challenges with their kids. And they're like, God wouldn't put more on me than I can bear. Love, that's true. God won't, but people will. The enemy will. We'll even put more on ourselves sometimes than what we're supposed to be bearing. Suffering is not God's best for you. I repeat, Suffering is not God's best for you in any area of life. So I want to encourage anybody listening to this. You do not have to increase your tolerance for suffering to live an honorable life unto God. Suffering is not the final destination of your current situation. Better believe if you are suffering in an area today, there is an expiration date on that thing in the heart of God. Y'all, there are people trying to bear things today that they actually should be resisting. Now, I need you to put your seatbelt on for this next part that I'm about to share. God revealed to me why some people are suffering today. 
It's not because he's trying to teach everybody a lesson. It's not to prune their heart. It's not because the devil's just picking on them. No, for many people today, it's because they settled. They're settling for less than God's best relationally. They're settling for less than God's best in their marriage, not even trying to make it amazing. They're settling for less than God's best in their health, in their finances, in their business, in their career. Settling, settling, settling. And you know what God told me? He said, they're suffering in settling. When he said that, y'all, it was so simple, but so profound. Many of the things that people are dealing with today are because of things that they have settled for. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying people who have had multiple loved ones die or other things are settling and chose that for themselves. No, let's remain sober minded. I'm speaking of anything in your life or concerning yourself that is preventable or changeable at this point. I'm talking settling for less than God's best in any area. And y'all, I really had to dig into the word on this because I've heard many teachings and even now philosophies that paint suffering as a good thing. I'm not saying good cannot come out of suffering. The point I'm making is not all suffering is necessary. I'm saying we don't have to continuously and consistently suffer in the same areas over and over and over again. When I sat down to prepare for this episode, I asked God what he wanted me to talk about. And one of the things that he mentioned was suffering because there are so many people who could actually experience relief if they would stop thinking that God is the one that calls what they're going through in the first place. That was on the heart of God for me to share with you all. So this is not random. This is not something that I picked out. I went to God with a blank canvas and this is the picture he painted for me. Not all suffering is necessary. There are some things that some people are suffering in their life because they've settled. But I want you to know no matter what it looks like, how long or how little it's been, you don't have to continue settling in any area of life, nor do you have to continue believing that God is the cause of suffering. Now, there may be people who are like, Felicia, okay, I'm with you. Maybe God didn't cause it, but he allowed it. Hear me clearly. Life is not just about what God allows. Life is also about what we allow. God made you in his image and gave you a free will, which means you can freely decide what you will and will not tolerate. You can freely decide what you will and will not become. Yes, God has a perfect plan and a will for you, but you've got to be in agreement with that thing if you want to see it come to pass in your life. I'll give you an example. It's God's will for all of us to know Jesus and be in relationship with God. God doesn't want any person to perish regardless of their religion. But how many of you know that there are people who choose to reject Jesus and therefore when they die from this earth, they are not spending their eternity with the Father in a heavenly place as the Bible says. You have a say-so in the quality of life that you live. And once you say so, then you got to do so. What you're saying, what you're desiring, what you're believing, you got to align your actions with that quality of living in whatever area this is relevant to you in. 
Now, I want to read something to you from the word of God that seems like it's teaching the exact opposite of what I'm sharing. But stick with me until the end. This is going to delight you. And some people are going to start rising up out of their situations. You're going to do something about the things you're dissatisfied with in your life. And Psalms chapter four, verse one, our anchor scripture is going to be the truth about you in that specific area where you'll be able to say like David, God has given me relief when I was in distress. All right, now let's look at 1 Peter chapter 4. Verse number one says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Verse number two, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Now let's skip down to verse number 12. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though something strange is happening to you. Verse 13, But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you read these scriptures out of context, it can seem like they are saying suffering is a good thing. But let's look at them in context. Verse number one of first Peter chapter four. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Okay, what mind is it talking about? The same mind to suffer in my flesh. The rest of the verse says, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. There's the context. This scripture is saying when you become born again, when you allow the Holy Spirit to move in on the inside of you, your body has to catch up with where your born again spirit is and be trained not to desire sin. So your body may be aroused and want to sleep with someone you're not married to yet. He's saying don't indulge in that feeling of arousal and move forward with it just to make your body feel good, just to make your emotions feel good. He says resist it. Let your body suffer for a moment until it simmers down and gets trained and used to you not having sex outside of marriage with someone that is not your spouse. So that's just an example. Sex isn't a sin. God me God me aid. God made sex. I don't know what me aid is, y'all. God me aid sex. <laughs> okay. God made sex. But if you're not married and your body is aroused and you desire to have sex with somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband, following that desire instead of resisting it will lead to sin. And verse one is saying, think like Christ. Don't even give into the temptation to sin in your flesh. Verse number two, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. Verse number two means you submit to the will of God and you resist the lust of men in your flesh. He's saying, listen, it's a common thing. Some of the things that we we crave and, and that we want to do, want to have, want to say, want to be, it's common to man. But he's saying you have control over yourself and over your body, especially when you are born again. You have control over your flesh. Y'all, it's easier to live saved than it is to live unsaved. That's something my bonus dad says a lot. It's easier to live saved than it is to live unsaved. <laughs> hey, Michael. All right, let me keep going. Now let's dissect verse number 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. 
but rejoice, this verse number 13, rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Now, this scripture sounds like it's saying to rejoice in suffering. And it is. But here's the thing. The suffering that this is referencing here is in regards to a person being ridiculed or persecuted for being a follower of Jesus. It's not talking about suffering that is in consequence to a person settling in an area of life. No, it was actually in response to them upholding the highest standard of belief. And that belief is in Jesus Christ as Lord. He's not saying rejoice in suffering if you do something foolish or wrong that causes suffering in your life. How do I know that? Well, if we keep reading verse 15 and 16 in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. He's saying don't do these evil things that also produce suffering in people's life because that is not God's best for you. He doesn't even want you to have to experience that kind of suffering that is unnecessary suffering and this part here that says don't suffer as a busybody in other men's matters make sure y'all get your own eyes on this scripture as well it means don't be nosy and gossiping about other people's business tend to your own house and it will keep you from suffering did y'all know that there is a form of suffering that comes from being a gossip did you know that there's a form of suffering that comes from always being in somebody else's business instead of tending to what's going on between you and the lord god wants you to live a marvelously high life In order to gossip, you got to go to a low place to do that. And you are too high, too valuable, too worthy to do anything from a low place. This scripture is saying if you live a reckless, wild life, if you don't take care of yourself, if you neglect this, this is the evil doing when when he says, uh, let me go back to the verse. It says, uh, let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer. This is the evil doing that he's talking about. If you neglect your husband or your children and you don't tend to your responsibilities in your life or you neglect your wife, you will experience suffering. It's evil not to take care of your responsibilities. Whether you are doing something illegal and committing a crime or just not taking proper care of yourself and your health or you're giving too much attention and care and focus to other people's business, those things have brought about suffering in people's life. That kind of suffering is unnecessary and it can pose itself as a distraction from the will of God in your life. It does not promote his best. That's why we got to change it and get out of that kind of suffering. That's why we need relief from those things then verse 16 he says yet if any man suffer as a christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify god on this behalf y'all see how people have gotten it confused sometimes where you read about suffering in the bible and you put every situation of suffering under that that i'm supposed to be happy and rejoicing in this it's like no 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 there's stipulations on this verse 16 says if you suffer as a christian Because of your faith in Jesus, don't be ashamed of that. Glorify God because of that. 
What this means is when somebody doesn't like you because you get saved or filled with the Holy Spirit and you don't want to run around with them anymore and you ain't trying to be in the strip club throwing bands, you're not trying to be smoking or doing whatever it is that that your born again spirit tells you is no longer right for you. When you don't want to run around with them anymore and you lose a friend because you're a follower of Jesus and you want to actually live your life according to what the Bible says, that can cause suffering if you really love that person and they're judging you for making better decisions for yourself. God is saying, don't be ashamed if a loved one abandons you because of your faith. Don't be ashamed if people try to ostracize you or talk bad about you when they find out you're a follower of Christ. He says, glorify God. Don't even worry about it because you have chosen the higher things in life, which is Jesus Christ. Y'all, all suffering is not a consequence of the same thing. But any suffering that is a consequence of you being a believer, God says, glorify me in it and give me the praise. Rejoice in that kind of suffering because it will always work out well for you. But this other kind of suffering that we're talking about, for instance, suffering that comes from a person eating too much cake, sugar, or salt and having diabetes and high blood pressure. That's not the suffering that these scriptures are talking about rejoicing in. God doesn't want us suffering from those things. So that's not the suffering that we rejoice in. That's the suffering that we change. But so many people, instead of changing the thing that's causing suffering, they change their life to accommodate it. And as a human being, if we continue to change our life to accommodate something that is not God's best for us, we are settling. There's plenty of people diagnosed with certain health issues who made a decision that those diagnoses would not be the final say of their health report. And they did what it took to change it. And they are living healthier and more vibrant today than they were in the past. Some of these people don't even believe in God. Some of them aren't even full of the Holy Spirit like most of you listening to me are. So how much faster or how much more effective can it work for you to get in shape or change your health or change your finances, improve your relationships, improve your business operations or the atmosphere at your job when you partner with God and stop settling? Every reason you can think of not to make a change in the areas of your life where you're dissatisfied is an excuse. It's not a reason. It's an excuse. Why? Because you are the daughter or the son of an unlimited most high God. Nothing is impossible for the Lord. When you put that area of your life in his hands and you say, God, I'm going to partner with you and I'm going to stop settling in this area of my life. And I am going to change it with the help of the Holy Spirit. And y'all, I'm using things like food and health as examples because that's something that is very common to all of us, regardless of age, color, or whatever. Stop tolerating less than God's best concerning the food you put on your plate. I'm not saying get bougie. I'm saying get healthy. Exercise. But please don't settle and continue to complain about the things that you actually do have the power to change or you wouldn't even be hearing this right now. Do you understand all the different things that lined up for you to be able to hear this one specific episode at this particular time in your life? You have what it takes. You've just got to refocus that energy that you've been using to complain about the area that you're dissatisfied in to change it. I want to share this with you as a measurement. If if you're saying, well, what if what I'm experiencing is just how it's supposed to be? 
If you are dissatisfied or complaining about something, an area in your life that you are not taking present action to change, you are settling. Your dissatisfaction, your complaint is merely a symptom of something communicating to you is supposed to be better than this for me. And guess what? You are right. You are right because you're so worthy. You're so valuable and you're right. It is something better for you in that area. Lord, let me say that again. If you are complaining about something that you are not taking present action to change, you are settling and you don't have to. There is more available for you. And I want this episode to challenge you to go after it. Go after relief in the areas where you've been dissatisfied. Go after relief in the areas where you've been complaining. You can do this. This isn't for the person who's not hearing this right now. It's for you. This isn't for somebody who don't want nothing to do with God. This is for you. This isn't for a person who cares nothing about actually having the best in every area of their life. You listening to me... Whether I know you or not, you are hearing this for a reason. It is confirmation that if you are dissatisfied in an area of your life, if you are suffering and lacking relief and you won't change, God wants the change too. And he is willing to help you. And it's your responsibility to do what's within your power to get the results or the relief that you desire. You can do it. I believe in you. God believes in you. My question is, will you believe in yourself? As we get ready to close, a lot of what I've talked to you about in this episode is the what. There's suffering and settling. Uh, Relief is a good thing that God created for us to experience. And there are distressing circumstances that are to be resisted and not accepted. So I've told you a lot of the what in the episode. And for the sake of time, I'm going to do a part two in order to speak to you more about the how. How do you get out of suffering and into relief? There's a way. But what I've shared with you today is enough to start and change your situation as you allow your mind to come into agreement with these truths. Listen to this episode again. I'm telling you, it will bless you when you listen to it again with the understanding that I'm listening to come into agreement with every truthful and good thing that I am hearing about myself from God's word. And even before we get to the episode on the how, from today forward, you can start living your life more effectively in the very areas where you've been riding the struggle bus. Struggling is not your portion from God. Sometimes it's just a byproduct of settling. Sometimes it's a byproduct of not realizing that you are valuable and Jesus has made you totally worthy to experience God's best. And listen, if you have lost anything or anybody in your life, I'm not telling you a specific time in which you are to get over that. I'm not even saying, oh, you got to get over that. I'm not even saying don't process your emotions concerning it. I'm saying you don't have to settle for living your life in regret or constant grief over a loss or ruminating over the loss of anything. There is relief for you in those areas, even in the areas where you feel like the situation is irreparable or you can't get back what you lost. There is relief for you, just like there was relief for David. And here's the thing where David was concerned. A lot of the suffering that King David experienced was because of his own decisions or the decisions of others around him. And God was still coming to his rescue. And that's why our anchor scripture is Psalms chapter four, verse number one. 
Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. If you're hearing this right now, I want you to know for certain you are not helpless. If you are settling and dissatisfied in any area of your life concerning anything, this episode was created to wake you up to the truth that no matter how long it's been or how fresh your situation is, there is relief for you. You can make a change in that area that satisfies and relieves you. Now let's go over a few key takeaways before we end with our decrees. Key takeaway number one, our anchor scripture, Psalms chapter four, verse number one. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Key takeaway number two, relief is God's will for you. He does not want you suffering and settling for less than his best. Key takeaway number three, Suffering in the Bible as a result of you being a follower of Jesus is different than the suffering that comes from making poor decisions or settling in your life. Key takeaway number four, this is a bonus takeaway. I I typically only give three. God wants you to experience relief. God wants you to have his best in the very area where you've been struggling. Now, in this episode, like I said, we've talked about the what. Come back for the next episode so we can dive into the how and let's end with our decrees. I encourage you to write these decrees down and speak them over yourself every day like it has already happened until we get to the next episode. I love you. Now repeat after me. I am done settling for less. God has given me relief where I was in distress. I am a difference maker in my own life. And God has given me relief where I was in distress. In every area of my life where I have settled, I will now take action to experience his best. Because God has given me relief where I was in distress. I can do it. I will do it. Because God has given me relief where I was in distress. I said, I said, I said, God has given me relief where I was in distress. I appreciate having this time with you. This episode is powerful. So listen to it again and it will benefit you. My name is Felicia Goins. I'm glad you tuned into WordCast today where I share with you how to make what's true in the Bible true in your life. Be sure to forward this episode to someone that you love, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye!